Welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast, where it's all about, you guessed it, grant writing and funding made easy so you can increase capacity, grow funding, and advance your nonprofit or freelance mission. Now, let's hand it over to your host, grants expert and author Holly Rustic, so you can increase your funding and drive impact. Hello, hello, hello. It's Holly Rustic here with Grant Writing and Funding, and welcome to the Grant Writing and Funding Podcast. Show, where I help you grow capacity, increase funding, and to advance mission. Now that might be the mission of the nonprofit that you are currently working with or the many different nonprofits you work with if you're a nonprofit consultant. Today I have a great episode for you and it's one of four in a series. So I am really excited about this. We're actually gonna have this series spread out over the summer. So every single month between May and August, you are going to get one session from this series each month. And to help me with this series, I have Mazarine Trays of Wild Women Fundraising and Mandy Pierce from Funding for Good um, to help these discussions along. And these are our nonprofit consulting series. You guys are going to love this. Even if you guys work in nonprofits, listen to this because you can also take a lot of what we talk about and apply it to your nonprofit organization as well. So um, yes, you're definitely going to want to take away these goodies. Today, we are kicking off the nonprofit consulting series with how much time do I spend working in or working on my business? And this can really be for you guys too, as far as when you're thinking about if you're an executive director at a nonprofit, et cetera, like how much time do you spend working in and working on that nonprofit? So this is actually a question I get quite often from people who are nonprofit consultants, right? So if you're a freelance grant writer, um, if you're a strategic planner, if you have all of the, you know, if you're working it for yourself, it can really be overwhelming because you are doing everything, right? The solopreneur kind of out there doing the marketing, uh, doing the admin, answering emails, checking on tech, like all of the things, like getting your printer to work. and actually writing grants or doing strategic planning or board training and marketing and all of the things. So um, I definitely had these two wonderful experts come on the show to talk about what they have learned and how they've really built their businesses. So some of the things that we discuss in the show today are how to outsource tasks, how to create business sustainability, how to actually start your consultancy if you're working full-time, um, should you start a consultancy side, as a side hustle and then transition to full-time. Also a big thing, how not to compromise your values as a consultant, right? A lot of times people are like, oh my gosh, I just need jobs, so they'll take anything. Um, and you know that might actually kind of overcross their boundaries and their values. So also planning ahead, right? Because we've all been there. Um, and to know that you can turn clients away. So we definitely talk about that as well. So you are going to want to tune in because we have this and so much more in the episode today. But first, I want to go ahead and announce the nonprofit consulting conference presented by Founded Technologies. And that is happening August 25th and 26th, 8 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And it will be on Zoom. So you guys definitely can join from anywhere in the world, 
and it's actually co-created by myself, by Mandy Pierce, and by Mazarin Trace. So all of us ladies that you are going to hear talking about through this nonprofit consulting series, we're definitely going to uh, talk a little bit about the conference in the podcast as well, so you have more information. Um, so do check out the show notes today at grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 219, so you can get more information because um, each month the price goes up. Um, so in May is our super early bird price happening, which is $197 in May and June of 2022. And then the price goes up in July, and then it goes up one more time in August to $397. So if you are listening to this in May or June 2022, you are definitely going to want to get this ticket at half price now. So please do grab your ticket. And that's $197 for two whole days. We're already getting uh, people signing up already, and it's so exciting to see all of just people really wanting to know a lot about how to increase their consultancy, how to grow it, how to scale it, and to walk away with actual resources and to network with people in the room. So we have a lot of space for that. We have a wonderful array of speakers um, that some include uh, Jenny Hargrove from Nonprofit Jenny, and she's been on the podcast before, and she'll be discussing marketing. We also have, of course, Michelle Rohr from Secret Owl Society, and she is going to be talking about listening to your inner tuition as a consultant, really powerful stuff. Um, and we have so many more, even Dr. Bev Browning, she's going to come on and talk about you know, what to do with difficult clients, right? Like how do you actually um, set your boundaries? Um, so, so, so many more speakers, such a good time. And the thing is our speakers can really talk from their experiences um, that they've been in this field for a long time as a consultant, as an entrepreneur, and they can share with you you know, lessons learned. So that's going to fast track to your nonprofit consultancy. So do check out once again, grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 219 uh, to check out the nonprofit consulting conference and all of today's show notes. All right, so let's get into the podcast episode today. So let me just introduce our featured guests a little bit more. So Mandy Pierce, if you don't know her, she's actually been on the podcast. Both Mandy and Mazarine have actually been on the podcast before. And in the show notes, I will link to those episodes because they're really fantastic. Um, so Mandy Pierce in 2009 founded her flagship company, Funding for Good, to equip organizations with all of the skills and tools needed to become successful and sustainable. She continues to enjoy evolving this company to meet the changing demands of the nonprofit world. And for over two decades, Mandy and her team of experts have shared their proficiency in fundraising through executive coaching, strategic and development planning, seminars, and specialized consulting programs. Mandy's dynamic teaching styles brought thousands of people to her presentations at conventions, training workshops, and online platforms. She established Funding for Good, Inc. upon the core values of honesty, efficiency, direct communication, and bringing sustainable dollars to local communities. And Mazarine Trays, our other featured speaker today, is a nonprofit leadership coach, speaker, and best-selling author of The Wild Woman's Guide to Fundraising, serving people in over 70 different countries. Mazarine specializes in helping nonprofit leaders with fundraising goals through authentic relationships, both online and offline. Trace has co-founded a nonprofit and has over a decade of experience as a nonprofit fundraiser in small shops. Today, Mazarine Trace leads the nonprofit workplace justice movement to create a better nonprofit work culture through her writing, training, podcast, and keynote speeches. 
All right, you guys, I hope you enjoy this amazing interview today as our first in our four-part nonprofit consulting series. And do check out our YouTube channel as well if you'd like to watch the video. We get a lot of fist pumps and hand raises and a little seat dancing <laughs> as we go through this series. So please check it out at Grant Writing and Funding. All right, guys, I hope you enjoy this interview. So welcome, ladies, uh, Nazarene and Mandy, once again. <laughs> Thank you. So I know I've been doing a lot of talking and introductions, but I really want to turn it over to you ladies. And I kind of want to start uh, with Mandy, because what I want to talk about today in our, in our um, session is about how to spend time on, how much time to spend on your business, you know, and then in your business. Because as we see, you know, a lot of different, you know, there's a lot of different systems you can set up, but I see a lot of nonprofit consultants, people who are thinking about becoming one or who are one. Um, and I've even, even experienced this myself going, it feels like I'm running in circles. It feels like sometimes I can't manage my time. My work's going into my weekend or evenings. How can people get out of that, but feeling like they're not drowning? Right? So can you kind of talk about that a little bit? I just had this conversation with a couple of people today and recently, and it comes up a lot when we're talking about if you're starting a business, it's understanding what your goals are mm -hmm. and what the reality is of how much time you're going to have to spend investing to get there. Some people don't have huge dollar goals and they just want to do it because they're retired and they just like a little extra income and they still want to make an impact in the sector. And they have a very different time commitment to, to get to that goal than somebody who maybe is a little bit younger, wants this to be their career for a while, wants to be able to live off the income, actually save money, invest, pay bills, you know, all the things, pay for your own health insurance, go on vacations. And, and so that, that is a very different time commitment, right? I remember when I first started, you know, I had a full-time job while I was starting my business and I was working probably over a hundred hours a week for a year or two. And then when I went full-time with my business, I just was so unsure of, am I going to have continued clients? Am I going to, am I going to be able to pay my bills next month? Whatever that I worked all the time. Cause I wanted to continue to plant seeds and make sure I had clients and make sure I had work. And it took me a couple of years, probably five to get into that and realize okay, I, I am going to have work. I, I know how to plant seeds now. I know how to use my marketing. I set systems in place. I started using systems. Mm -hmm. I started being able to outsource some things to like virtual assistants or whomever. And so it took a while to realize what my unique brilliance was and what I needed to outsource. It took a while to build up the revenue. So I had the dollars to outsource those things. And so talking with someone like any of the three of us, or someone else has been in the field to be able to ask the right questions and say, what can you do? What should you do? What should your financial goals be? Are you charging enough to be able to make a profit in order to do those things? All that stuff kind of comes into the planning and, and the growth. So if you already have a business, then you're in a different place for that conversation. But those are the pieces of the puzzle you have to be able to fill in in order to get to how much time do you have to spend doing it, right? I don't know that it's realistic to ever say you're never going to have to work more than 40 hours a week and you're going to be able to accomplish all your dreams as a you know, business owner. I own three businesses with my husband and I would say there's weeks where that's just not a possibility. There are weeks you have to work over, your website crashes, you're, you're doing a launch and you're like, oh God, the email had the wrong link in it or whatever. Like that's happened to all of us, I'm sure. And you just end up having to do more because it is your business, right? You can't just walk out the door and say, see you tomorrow, <laughs> good night. 
And, um, right? and so I think having that reality and hearing some of those things from other consultants and knowing the realities of it helps some people determine, I don't, I talked to a lady yesterday who she's like, I'm so passionate about the programming stuff that she wants to work with clients on, but she doesn't want to run the business. Mm -hmm. I don't really want to do the administrative stuff. I'm like, then you might not really want to have a business right? because that stuff is going to be there, you know? So having those conversations really helps. If you have the dollars and the resources to outsource a lot of things, you can work a lot less. That's just a reality. Um, so everybody comes to the table with different resources and different goals. And I think those two things put together really help determine how much time you're going to have to invest, not just in the work of, but in the management of your business. Mazarin, what do you think? Uh, great question. Um, you know, um, you're really talking about the upper limit problem. And I really appreciate you bringing that up about kind of like the more money you have, the more um, you'll be able to outsource the things that you're not good at. One of the ways I like to help entrepreneurs and consultants look at this and also people working full-time in nonprofits is just, what are your green light tasks? What are the things you just can't get enough of, love doing, totally satisfying about your job? I know you have them, Mandy, I have them too. Holly, you've got them, right? Um, and then there's your yellow light tasks. You're like, eh, I'll do it. It's not my favorite thing. And then there's your green light tasks that are just, your, your red light tasks are just like, oh, get it away from me. I can't stand it. For me, that's looking at my taxes. I just, mm -mm. and I love teaching. I love training. I love being on podcasts. These are my favorite things. I love being here with both of you. And, um, and I can't wait to teach people how to ask for more um, at our uh, conference. And one of the key pieces of asking for more is honestly, um, Figuring out first what your true desires are, and if you're not connected to your feelings, you don't know what that is. So you might just think, well, I have to do everything, and it's it's part of it is like kind of like the good girl complex, like go nuts for help, be the superwoman. And I love helping people make a good girl jailbreak and just like break out of that and be like, no, even if you're uh, consulting and you're just trying to do it all, you're gonna burn out. I've been there. I've worked, you know, from like 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. every single day, and like it's all for the hustle, it's all for the grind. But what I really love about what's happening now as the pandemic is continuing is that we're saying you really need to think about sustainability in your business and step back and step back as far as you can and say what really feeds me. This is the perfect time to reevaluate, delegate, and if you think, well, I can't hire someone full time, there's lots of other options for you. Right. No, and I, and I love those. Those are both really great, you know, kind of views on that, that really align because it is important to think of there isn't a magic formula. Right. And I think that's what, that's kind of why I asked this question too, because it's like, you can see there's not a magic formula answer to be like, it should be 90% in your business and 10% on your business. Right. You know what I mean? Like it just depends. Like it, it does. And I love like relooking at your goals, relooking at your meaning for your life and what's going to feed you. Right. So yeah, sometimes um, what I have found too is, you know, sometimes I like to do the things that might be my red light just because I want to know how much time they're going to take and get an idea of what it is before I even outsource. Because if I outsource that, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know how much time that is. I don't know. You know what I mean? Really what the value of that is. Um, so even if I don't become an expert at all of that, like, you know, to like understand it. Right. And I think as entrepreneurs, like you mentioned, Mandy, like if you don't like being, if you don't like any kind of administration work, you might not like being an entrepreneur because you, even if you don't keep doing that task, you need to understand it. Right. So and you have to manage the people doing it. Yes. If, you know, if someone charges you for 20 hours and you're like, there's no way it took that long to do that thing, then you, you have to manage that 
contract, whatever it is. So I agree. And I love the fact that this is the third time that I've, I've had this conversation and heard a different term. Like you use the green light task, yellow, red light concept. I say you need brilliance and I have like a whole exercise around that. And I talked to someone else and I cannot remember Travis Johnson is going to be one of our speakers. He has even a different term for that that he works with people on. And I think I just need to put a list together of all the different ways people refer to that. I love it. And everybody has sort of a different um, activity to get people to understand what is your thing you love to do that you should be doing and what things should you have other people to do because they're not really your area. And um, so I just, I love hearing other people's ideas and the ways that they coach and talk with their clients. Yes, yes, I love that. And you know, one of the things that you also brought up, both of you ladies, was about resources. And I also like to bring this up because if we're looking at, okay, as I might be new, thinking about starting a nonprofit consultancy and thinking, you know what, I can just focus on what I want to do in the beginning and outsource everything I don't want to do. And as Mandy kind of mentioned, like, well, it really depends on the resources that you bring in here because many of us started our businesses when we were still working full time, right? And to test the market, to build some revenue, to build some client base, right? And um, that can be a really good way, you know, of that whole, like, making sure your parachute, you got one, right? So, right. <laughs> that whole thing, like, you know, so, and uh, I think Elizabeth Gilbert really talks about that too, like, just jumping off without a parachute might not be the best way, you know what I mean? So, it's like, understanding that parachutes are okay, um, and, and that, so can you guys kind of talk to that, because I do hear that a lot, like, I just need to quit it all so I can focus on this 100% so I can get it off my business off the mm. ground. And mm. I know there's sides to all of this. So I'd love to get your perception. So Mazarine, do you want to kind of touch on that a little bit? Sure. Um, in my book, Get the Job, Your Fundraising Career Empowerment Guide, I have a whole section on how to become a consultant. And I interview different consultants for that section. And um, all of them uh, said that they did their side hustle. They started their business before they left their job. So I would recommend that. I did that myself. Um, that was really important because I had that um, that sort of thing to fall back on while I still built my business and built my reputation. Um, there's other ways that we'll be talking about at the conference that will go into kind of like how to build your passive terms of income, um, which some of them talked about. Um, one of the people I interviewed was named Desiree Attaway. And what she said was she was working full-time as a volunteer mobilizer um, director for the Habitat for Humanity National. She was taking people to Africa every year. She raised $10 million doing this. And then she went on vacation. She came back and she got sick that day. And she said, I think I'm done here. And so she spent the next year building up her business. Then a year later, she quit and now she has an incredibly thriving business and I'm so proud of her seeing how she's grown as a consultant not just for you know fundraising which is an excellent excellent um uh, preparation for being an entrepreneur in my opinion, because you have to learn how to do marketing, you have to learn how to do sales, you have to learn how to do all these different administrative tasks, like Mandy said. Um, but on top of that, um, I love that she took her ability to be with people and help them have difficult conversations and turn that into a whole business um, of equity and um, justice. That's awesome. I love that. So yeah, and, and there's so many different ways, as you mentioned, but like having one with meaning and having one that really sits with you. So I really love that too, is like, you know, she woke up, she was sick one day, I was like, I'm done. Like, you know what I mean? There's a part of also that intuitive, you know, you need, you will know what it is that you need, right? So there's also a part of that. Michelle Rohr at the conference will be talking about that a lot, about tuning into your intuitive side and listening to it. Um, but I'd love to also get your perspective on this, Mandy, as far as like, 
you know, that person that might just be starting and is just psyched and pumped to go. And they're like, I'm just going to quit my job and do a, you know, full time. Like what, what kind of, how do you speak to that person? I, most of the people that have come through my boot camp and that I have worked with have um, reached out because they have an idea of something they want to do, but I haven't yet had that person that's like, I'm just going to quit my job tomorrow. I've had people who are like, what do I need to get in, in place before I quit my job? What do I need to know? And so we work through that. Um, you know, it's really hard to think that just because you've been in the field and you're an expert at what you do, which a lot of people are, that you have all of the connections to have enough business revenue to keep to keep revenue coming in if you just randomly quit your job. I worked for three years behind the scenes building a business before I went full-time and I had clients booked when I quit. I quit six months earlier than I anticipated because of some conflict at work. But the fact is I had a reputation. I had already been doing free things in the community, presentations, some paid things. I already had a website. I already had social media. I already had a following, right? So it was still super scary, but I felt much more able to do it. I mean, really, I, I had $8,000 in the bank to my name the day I quit my job and started this business. That was it. I had a car. I had a house. I had debt, you know, bills every month, whatever. Um, so it was still extremely scary. But there's just some stuff you have to have in place. I would never tell anybody, hey, just quit your job. You can do anything you want. You know, I wouldn't say that. Yeah. Do I think you can do anything you want? Sure. But do I think it takes a little planning? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I would never tell anybody to do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah absolutely. <laughs> and I love this because, it, you know, there's a kind of this thing, um, you know, that that hustle um, kind of culture, right? And I think, um, as you mentioned, Mazarine, we're, we're seeing a different shift to that from the pandemic. We're seeing more of a shift of mental health, taking care of yourself, um, yes. you know, looking at your life in t totality, right? In a holistic way. Um, so it is, it is a really good shift because I think some people then are able to say, okay, even though I may want to quit my job, I do think this is good. I do need now to transition into this. And even that is a huge learning curve, right? To understand like there's a lot that needs to be set up like you both were, were speaking about. So um, kind of going back to then, you know, and I'm kind of spending a little bit of time here on people who are thinking about becoming a nonprofit consultant, but hey, for you seasoned and you people who are maybe in your first couple of years, we're gonna spend some time with you too. So I kind of, well, go ahead, Mandy. Well, based on what you just said for the seasoned folks, I'm literally going through this for the past year and a half as a result of COVID. We had our most profitable, busiest, craziest year ever as a company during COVID. Like it was, we, we brought in more revenue. We served more clients. We, we taught 99 webinars that year. It was ridiculous. And at the end of that year, we were super burned out as a team. And so we sat down and said, okay, there's just really no point. Like the reason we started our businesses was so we could have the lifestyle we wanted, spend time with our families, walk our dogs during lunch, whatever those things were, right? And now we're working so much that it's like my dog goes to daycare. My husband's doing this. Like I don't have time to do those simple things. That's the reason I started my business. So we started at the end of last year in December and we said, we are not making or receiving business calls, emails, or texts before 8 a.m. after 5 p.m. here on the East Coast, right? And it changed our world as a team. 
because I said, you can send it, but nobody on the team is obligated to respond to it until business hours. If you want to respond to it, fabulous, knock that out, but nobody's going to expect to hear from you. If I call you, it's because I have, I want to talk about family or my God kids or whatever. I'm not calling you to talk about work. So you can happily pick up the phone because we noticed people like stopped answering calls and I'm like, she's not answering because she thinks I'm calling her about work or whatever. And that's been really amazing. But here's the catch for those of you wanting to grow your business, for those of you wanting to make more money, what are your parameters on clients? Are you going to have clients in a different time zone? Hmm. Mazarine and Holly and I are in three different time zones. So right now it's the early morning for Holly. It's middle of the afternoon for Mazarine and it's the evening for me. But we have made a proactive decision that we're going to work together to do this. So I'm working after my hours. Holly definitely gets up early sometimes for hers, et cetera, right? And so you have to decide what are your goals and what are you willing to compromise in order to meet them? Because sometimes it does break into those mental health things or the sacred time that you've decided you're going to, if, if I want to work with clients on the West coast, I have to work late. Yeah. If clients on the West coast want to work with me, sometimes they have to work early, you know? So those things come into play when you start to grow your business. Like really, we do a lot of strategic planning and we're getting ready to fly to Alaska. Having phone calls with folks in other time zones is, it's a lot of work to get everybody on the same page and do it. So that's stuff we'll talk about too. Like when you grow your business, what do you need to consider? How do you find those ideal clients? Whether you're new or tenured, there's a lot of process that goes into that. Yeah, I absolutely love that. I mean, looking at it to say there, and then that goes back to how much time did I spend in and on my business? Like you do have limits of control and boundaries, but you also have to realize what are your goals and then what do those include? So I love that. And especially like, yeah, I mean, sure. Zoom has made it so much easier for all of us to connect. And it's also done work creep and school creep. Like I see it with students too, into their lives. Right. So like into their sleeping time, (laughs) you know, they're getting dings and this and that. So it's also like technology can be a friend and a foe sometimes. Right. So we do need to have boundaries. Um, so I'd love to hear more from you, Mazarine, on that topic as well, because that's that's a huge one. Thank you, Mandy, for bringing it up, too. Yeah, Mandy, I love how you brought up how to find your ideal client. And um, I love that we're going to have a session at the conference with Nate Burhi of the Asmara Agency about how to create an incredible client experience. Mm-hmm. A lot of us um, are actually uh, getting clients from our newsletter list. We're getting them because we built our list with webinars. We're going to talk about all those different ways you can build your list and do better marketing. Um, Andy Robinson's going to be talking about how he built his business and why it's been so successful for you know over 30 years. Um, I'm really excited to hear what he has to say too. Um, for me, what I've started doing with my clients um, and really, really honing in on this is just seeing you know, having a quick call with them, seeing how many questions they have, and then really allowing myself to say, this is what my work is valued at, this is the years of experience I have, and then seeing how many questions they have. And, you know, I'm not here to convince anyone to work with me. And I think even starting out, you shouldn't be asking, I'm gonna try to convince these people to work with me either. Like, um, you can, there's so much wiggle room to compromise your values. And I'll give you an example. Um, when I was first starting out consulting, I lived in Austin, Texas. And uh, this guy came to me and he said, I want to fundraise for a booklet about why it says in the Bible, it's good for a wife to obey her husband. And I thought, oh, okay, I can compromise my values and work with this guy. I really need the money. And then the more I met with him, the angrier and sadder I got until I was like, no, I'm not going to do this. Uh, this is not happening for me. And um, I'm really glad I did. And then I went and I took the money that I got from that and I gave it to a um, abortion fund, which 
you know, it's really difficult right now in the U.S. as we speak, you know, some um, Roe v. Wade has gone down. And uh, I um, am really excited about the avenue of entrepreneurship to empower us to not just make our own choices, but to put our money where we feel it really matters. I, and I, I love that too, because yeah, there's so much empowerment with how you're going to, you know, which clients you're going to take on. And that was a, a great example, you know, to show that it can be, we can be operating sometimes in the scarcity and this fear that we're not going to have money to, you know, pay the bills a month. Right. And that's why it's so important for all of the stuff that we talked about get set up as well. Um, so you don't have to feel like you need to take on clients that may not align with you or who, who just, you know, are difficult to work with or different personalities and all of that, right? And we'll definitely, Dr. Beverly Browning will be talking about that at the conference too. And, and she's really, you know, she's been doing this for more than 40 years, like I think 50 years at this point. Yeah. So she's definitely going to be talking about that as well. And, and cause that's a huge thing. I mean, that's its own whole thing, right? But I love that you brought it up because we're talking about, I mean, just, you know, your time, but really your time is related to your values, right? So it's important for consultants to develop values for their business. And I know grant writing and funding, we just took a position on um, that decision that may be overturning uh, Roe v. Wade. And, you know, we're saying, you know, we support gender equality, we support reproductive rights. So uh, we stand in solidarity with those who, who will be most harmed, you know, so definitely that is something that you can do for your business too. You know what I mean? You can align your business with that. So when you're setting up, and I love, so we're kind of touching on these, you know, kind of, um, matters, but they do matter, right? And that does is it is ingrained from the beginning of your business. So just to talk about that a little bit more on how to really think about your time. And I know, Mandy, you do a lot with strategic planning. And that is something that, you know, you do, right? You set up your values, your mission statement, and all of that. So how can that also help manage your time, that strategic planning? Or not manage your time, but direct your time, I should say. You know what I mean? Yes. So whether you are a nonprofit or a business, you need a, even if it's a rough outline of what are you hoping to do this year? How are you hoping to bring in your revenue? Where do you want to spend your time? And I'm sure it's the same for you ladies, but over the years, it has changed drastically for us. Like we don't do some of the stuff we did when we first started. And we're actually in the process of eliminating some of the services we offer right now, because we've learned this isn't where we can make the most impact. And this is not where we enjoy spending our time. Um, a thing we just touched on about like being able to not take a client. I got to tell you, I remember about three or four years into being full-time in my business. I remember standing right here at my desk at this window, the day that I could tell the first client, yeah, you know, I really appreciate it, but I'm super busy right now. And I just can't take you on at the moment. Like I was making that up, but I literally was able to turn a client down because I didn't want to work with them just because of their personality. It didn't have anything to do with politics, but Mm -hmm. It was the best feeling ever <laughs> as an entrepreneur to be able to say, I don't have to take everybody because I think we all start out that way. Like we're scared. We're not going to make the bills. So we take the clients that are in front of us. And when you get to the point that you don't have to, or you've done the best messaging to attract the right people and more and more of the right people are coming to you. And you're like, yes, this is who I want to work with. Yes. This is what we're going to be doing. Your life and your stress will get so much better. And you'll yes. be like, I look forward to getting up every day. It's not like the grind of, God, I don't want to work with these people or I have another call with that person or whatever, right? Because that stuff happens. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I remember when I fired my first client. Woo! Like oh. these things are, they seem like milestones now, but I just look back and I realize 
folks that are starting out or taking that next step to grow, sometimes it's really scary and you're like, I can't do that. I'll never be able to do that, you know? So, um, you know, planning for thinking about spending time at whatever time of year it is for you to say, what are you going to do next? What is your focus going to be? And I don't personally look past a year. I'm like, what am I going to do this year? I had a year where I said, I'm not going to say no to anything. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. I said yes to every webinar. I said yes to every conference. I said yes to everything that aligned with what I was doing. I wasn't going to do everything for free, but like the stuff that came in. I said yes to everything. I grew more that year in my business personally and professionally than I have in a while, but there's only so much time and energy you have for that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, thinking through what is this year going to be for you? Is it the year you're going to be able to tell people no? Is it the year that you're only going to focus on this? Is it the year you're going to learn what it is you love as a service provider, you know, and, and planning around how can you make that happen for you and then make it happen, right? But down to how you accomplish it, what are your strategies? And then work that bitch till it's done. Oh, sorry, can we cuss on this? Sorry. <laughs> right. You know, do it, make it happen. That's how it becomes a reality. And if you if you miss one of your goals, sit down, create a new strategy, keep going. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I love that you mentioned too, like looking at it every year. Like, so sometimes you're like, oh, we need to have this five, five year plan and da, da, da. But as you mentioned, you change so much, things change, right? How you want to operate. And sometimes you're just like, you know what? And I love doing like little challenges like that. Like, that's actually a big challenge. I'm going to say yes to everything for a year, right? That's a big challenge. And I've done that before too. Like money growth this year. It's going to be, right. it also develops you personally. Oh yes, it does. <laughs> yes. So I, I love that, you know, really thinking about what do you want and then setting things up because you might say, I'm going to say no to things this year, but if you don't have a script or something you can rely on on how to say no, then you can be like, oh, I said yes again. And I said I was going to say no. Can I frame this for a second? Can I frame what you're saying? Because you're both saying such incredible things. And I just want to like frame, like, this is about boundaries and it's also about values. Right. And so how your boundaries match your values. And sometimes, you know, for the good girl conditioning that we get, sometimes it can be like, well, I I don't want to really say no outright. I can say no kind of like, oh, you know, I'm really busy. Like you said, Mandy, like you didn't just say no. You said I'm really busy right now, you know. And so that's a softer no. Right. But um, what I love doing is helping people understand, no, these are my hard boundaries. And if somebody oversteps me consistently, this is not going to work you know, and so that takes self-respect, but takes self-knowledge. And, and, and that's how you also understand how your values align with what you do and what makes you feel good and what makes you not feel good. And, you know, right. And also not beating yourself up when you don't hit a goal. And I think sometimes when we first started consulting, there's a lot of self-attack that we do. And I love helping people step out of self-attack because what ends up happening then is that your relationships become less toxic. You're much less, you know, interested in like picking at people. And so um, I just wanted to um, share that. I love helping people get through that as well, because part of growing up as a woman in this entire world is the constant self-attack that you do and people don't necessarily understand that. And I also want to take a moment and reflect and celebrate how we're coming together to do this. And I think if nonprofit consultants could take one thing from this conversation that we're having right now is that everything good in my business has come from partnerships. Yes. So I want to appreciate you, Mandy. I want to appreciate you, Holly, for being in partnership with me. And I just feel really, really good about what we're doing. And I'm so excited for this event. Same. Thank you. Same here. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you said it so well. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's so many parts to this, right? On why, especially we as women, may feel like we need to say yes when we told ourselves we would say no. And then that happens. And it's just like this, you know, and to, but to have the time. So I also love what you said about Mandy saying, you know, we had to sit down, take the time, reflect and say, what are we going to do new? You know what I mean? What are we going to do next? What are we, what is this next year going to be? And without reflecting and saying, yeah, this was great. If you just saw the paper, you'd say, keep doing what we're doing because we're bringing in the income, but it's not how we set up our business originally with our intentions and our goals. So that doesn't align, right? More, more money coming in the door doesn't necessarily mean more profit either, right? It can right. Oh yeah, that's a that's a whole nother conversation, which maybe we'll talk about in our next podcast. That's right. We're definitely gonna touch on that in our next series of this. So you guys are definitely gonna want to stay tuned on that. Um, but just to kind of like wrap up today, I know we talked a lot of about a lot of like big issues, but that is the point, right? When people come to say, how much time should I spend in my business, like actually doing grant writing or actually doing workshops versus how much time on will it take for my administration, my, my marketing, you know, my bookkeeping, all of the other things that are on growing partnership, getting on podcasts, all of the things, right? And it is a hard, you can't, there's not a cookie cutter answer because it really comes back to well, what are your goals? What are your intentions? What, you know, what are your, what are your resources you're coming in the door with, et cetera. So it's very different, but you will spend time on both, right? So to think you're only going to be able to be the visionary and work on the business, maybe a misnomer, especially in the beginning and the opposite. If you just think you can work, do all the work in it and somebody else can just take care of it, well, you're going to have to hire those people, right? And you're going to have to understand what that even means. So um, before we wrap up today, did you guys want to go ahead and touch on um, kind of any of the things that we touched on today that maybe where people are sitting at today kind of thinking, okay, now that I know there's not a cookie cutter answer and you're not going to say 80-20, right? Like, or whatever that means and whatever direction that is, um, like, where can I go from here? Like, you know what I mean? So if you could leave some takeaways for people listening today, that would be awesome. So Mazarine, did you want to start with that? Yes. Number one, if this was exciting to you and you're like, oh boy, what do I do next? Sign up for our conference. Sign up right now because the price is going up every single month and we really want you there. We're going to sell out. It's only a limited number of seats. And um, I'm so, so, so excited to invite you because these, these are secrets that I've never revealed to anyone before. And we're going to through having all these incredible thought leaders at this event that are just going to be sharing things with you. It would take you years to learn on your own. So if you like what we had to say, we're going to say way more way more depth I'm going to give you exercises right there we're also going to have sound baths and relaxation in the morning we have to Love that. I love it. And yeah, and that conference is 8 a.m. till 2 p.m. Um, Pacific Standard Time, um, the 25th and 26th. So it's a Thursday and Friday of August. And we do have, as Mazarin mentioned, early birds uh, prices. So um, we're kicking off with the best early bird that you can get. And then each month it will go up a little bit um, because the this number of seats will be coming down. So it's going to be online. You guys are absolutely going to get so many takeaways. So definitely sign up. Thank you for that, Mazarin. And Mandy, did you also want to um, give some last words today? before we close out on this session? No, I would just say that, um, you know, part of the conference that we're putting together is not just to tell you what to do, but to tell you how to do it, right? That's the biggest thing. Like, it's this, this conference is not a big, like, ooh, come to every session, and then we're going to pitch you into this big, like, whatever at the end. We want you to come. We want you to learn. You're going to get takeaways. You're going to learn from people who have done it. 
And probably like me, I'll tell you the things I did wrong and what I learned and how to do it better. So you don't have to do that from the beginning, right? We want you to be as successful as possible, as quickly as possible, because the needs in the nonprofit community are growing, right? The great resignation is happening. There are over 500, no, yeah, 500,000 jobs right now open in the nonprofit sector and they're not being filled and people aren't going back. So they're gonna be relying on consultants to outsource and be the experts for them. So we wanna do it as well as we can, as quick as we can, so that we can help the sector make the greatest impact they can, right? So come and join us and it's two days, you're gonna get the recordings, even if there's a session you can't be at live, you're gonna get the replay. So, um, you know, come join us, learn what you can, ask the questions you want and we're excited to have you. Yes, I love that. So once again, um, you guys listening out there, come to the nonprofit consulting conference um, presented by Founded Technologies. You guys are going to absolutely love it. It's going to be so much fun and you're going to learn so much. So once again, ladies, thank you for coming on today and talking about this big subject and also bringing your expertise and, and stories to it. And we're definitely going to be continuing this series on grant writing and funding throughout the summer. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoyed listening to Mandy and Mazarine and myself as we discuss you know, how much time you have to work in and on your business. And if you listen, which I know you did, you know there's not a magic formula. Well, there kind of is, and that magic formula is you, right? But you have to lay out your goals. You have to, everyone's gonna have their own kind of formula on how that works. So it's not cookie cutter, but it is there. All right, guys, so if you want all the show notes from today, please do check out grantwritingandfunding.com forward slash 219. You can also find out about our nonprofit consulting conference presented by Founded Technologies there. As I mentioned, we have our super early bird price, so you're definitely going to want to check that out um, as soon as you can if you want to join, which you should because it's going to be awesome. All right, guys, as always, please do me a favor. If you love this podcast, please do subscribe and leave a review or rating. It really does help other people find it as well. And for all of you listeners who have been around for a long time and are consistent listeners I just want to give you guys a big shout out a big thank you as I wouldn't be doing this without you all right guys I'll see you next week bye-bye